welcome to Q&A with the Doc. Today, the Doc is in to answer the question, what is the Trinity? Let's hear what he has to say. What is the Trinity? Great question. So I'm working on a potential ebook um, addressing some of the essential doctrines of the scripture. And this idea of Trinity, or this truth of Trinity, is one that I hope to include uh, in the ebook. So I want to share with you what I've got thus far that I believe will answer the question, what is the Trinity? So the triune God, or the expression triune God, is not a designation found in the Bible itself, nor is the often used word Trinity, which actually means triune God, found in the Scriptures. However, the teaching of the Trinity, the triune nature of God, permeates the Scriptures. Uh, Charles Ryrie, a biblical commentator, agrees, writing, Trinity is, of course, not a biblical word. Nevertheless, the doctrine grows out of the Scriptures. So the Bible implicitly teaches there is one God, who reveals himself to mankind in three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and church history supports this claim. Millard Erickson, also uh, writing on church doctrine, states, although the doctrine of Trinity is not expressly asserted, Scripture, particularly the New Testament, contains so many suggestions of the deity and the unity of the three persons that we can understand why the church formulated the doctrine and concluded that they were right in doing so. So the eternal triune God in the Bible is co-equal and co-existent, sharing the very nature of the one true God. While this doctrine can be difficult to understand, it is central to Christianity. Paul ends, also writing on the topic, writes, Human reason cannot fathom the Trinity, nor can logic fully explain it. And although the word itself is not found in the Scriptures, the doctrine is plainly taught throughout the Scriptures. One plus one equals, excuse me, in this case, one plus one plus one equals three yet it also equals one. There is one true God, and He reveals Himself to us in three persons, yet the three persons are one. In Deuteronomy 6.4, we learn that there is only one true God, and that God is spirit, yet He is a personal being. He is the creator of all that is seen and unseen. By His Word... God created everything from nothing. He's omnipotent, which means all-powerful. Therefore, there is none like Him. He has no equal. There is no rival. He is the sovereign ruler over all creation. God is the preserver of mankind and the redeemer of all who will come to Him by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, who is also God. He is infinitely holy and righteous above all. God is omniscient, which means He's all-knowing, and His knowledge knows no boundaries, even in time as we understand it. His knowledge extends from eternity past 
through eternity future. God is omnipresent, which means He can be anywhere at any time, and He is everywhere at all times. He is God. While God is one, He is the triune God and reveals Himself to His creation, that would include you and me, as three distinct persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In Him there is no division in being, no division in nature, or no division in essence. He is the triune God, which we understand as the Trinity. The Father is God. He is the first person of the Godhead Trinity. You see this in Matthew 28, 19, and many other places. He rules over His creation with perfect providential care. The Father's wisdom knows no limits. His love is eternal, has no boundaries. The Father is all-knowing and all-powerful. He is the author, the sustainer, and the completer of salvation. And He desires that all come to repentance, not, not wanting anyone to perish. And we see that in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 and other related scriptures. So the second person of the Godhead Trinity would be the Son, whom we know as Jesus. The Son is God. He has always existed as one with the Father and the Holy Spirit. We see that in John 1 and 1, 3, 1 through 3. He's also co-creator, Colossians 1, 15 through 17. However, Jesus did not allow his high position as God to keep him from his primary mission of saving mankind from sin. Paul really explains that in Philippians chapter 3, verses 5 through 11. Jesus who is the Son of God, in His coronation was conceived by God the Holy Spirit and born of a virgin named Mary, just as the Scriptures foretold. We see that in many places, even Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Jesus in human form completely and perfectly lived the will of God without spin in spite of severe temptations, Hebrews 4 and 15. The Son of God did not sin, but became sin to provide salvation to all who would believe in Him, 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, as well as John 3 and 16. Jesus died on the cross for sin, was buried, and was raised from the dead according to the Scriptures, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 2 through 6. Jesus ascended into heaven and now sits at the right hand of God the Father, as the only mediator between God and man, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. God the Son will return to earth in power and glory to judge believers and unbelievers and to complete His mission of redemption, Matthew 24, 2 Corinthians 5 and 10, 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15, and Revelation 20, 11 through 15. So we see that the Father is God, and that the Son is God, and then we learn that the Holy Spirit is God. Uh, we see that succinctly and uh, pointedly in Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead Trinity. He always existed as one with the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit exalts Jesus as Christ the Lord. 
He enables men to understand truth, John 14 and 26. He inspired men to write God's Word in the Bible, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 through 21, as well as 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, verse 16. The Holy Spirit convicts men of sin or of righteousness or of judgment, John 16, 9 through 11. He draws men to Christ to be saved. He empowers the believer to live a holy life, Galatians 5, 16 through 26. He's the comforter that Jesus promised and the giver of all spiritual gifts, John 14 and 6, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. The Holy Spirit is the abiding presence of the risen Christ and dwells within the life of every believer guaranteeing salvation. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 through 15. The Holy Spirit is the power inside of the believer for life and for witness. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. should also be noted that the divine nature of the three persons of the Trinity is qualitatively the same. Each person... Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is God to the same extent as the other and in the same way. No one person of the Godhead is inferior to the others. Each member has always been divine and will always be divine. However, there are times in the Scripture where one member of the Trinity may choose to be in a subordinate role to accomplish a particular purpose. Nevertheless, this voluntary sacrificial act of subordinates is in no way makes this person of the Godhead any less divine. No one person of the Godhead came into existence, for each one of them is eternal and coexisting because the three have always been and will always be one God. God is the triune God of the Bible co-eternal, co-equal, and co-existent, and He reveals Himself to us as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As we understand the Trinity, most importantly, we need to understand that God loves us and has made this love available through us in the life, death, burial, and resurrection of the Son of God, who is Jesus. The Father sent the Son in the power of the Holy Spirit that He might live the perfect life, die the sacrificial death, and be raised from the dead so that faith in Him would give us access to the Father and the gift of the Spirit to live in us giving us the power for this life and sealing us in redemption, promising us life with God in eternity. Friend, if you have questions, please continue to send them. Love to answer this. Now, there's another question, and I'll address this one next week. Understanding the Trinity, uh, people have asked, so who do I pray to when I pray to God? Great question. We'll dive into that next week. Until then, remember that God loves you, and so do we. Have a great week. 
Thank you again for joining us on Q&A with the Doc. If you have any questions for Dr. Sean, you can send him a message on social media at at Dr. Sean Keels or send him an email at seankeels at gmail.com. 